Welcome to the Bethel Sermons Podcast, where we seek to make disciples in every generation, both locally and globally, through the study and celebration of God's Word. If you would like to check out more resources or connect with us, please visit us online at Bethel.ch. Well, good morning, Bethel Church. Good morning, Prosser. Good morning, Pasco. Good morning, all of you joining us online. Good morning, Richland Campus. How's everybody doing? Good. Excited to be here for Local Fest? Yes, me too. Well, hey, this shouldn't be a surprise after what uh, Andrea just said in our announcement time or if you spent time here at Bethel. But here at Bethel, we believe that serving one another and serving our community, our neighbors, is central to what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Why, you might be asking, or why is always a good question when you say something like that? Well, discipleship is simply following in the way of Jesus, connecting ourselves to this man who lived 2,000 years ago, who was also God, who gave himself for the life of the world. A disciple means that you are tethering your life to him. And if you look at Jesus and you listen to Jesus, if you think about the the main thing that Jesus did in the world was, was to give his life for the sake of the world. Jesus said this about himself in Mark 10. He said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, right? Jesus could have come and demanded that we served him, but he says, that's not why I came. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. And so following Jesus means following in his footsteps and what he's about, what his heart beats for, what his life was about, then serving isn't just an add-on. It's not a checklist. Serving is core to our DNA as disciples. You could say that service to both each other and to the world comes baked into being a disciple. Jesus wanted to make this super clear in his ministry, so we talked about it all the time. He demonstrated it on a cross, But the night before Jesus was crucified, he did something with his disciples to make sure that they would not forget this truth about serving one another. And Jesus did something that the disciples would never forget and something that if you read the scriptures, you won't forget. And Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Now, foot washing is not something we typically do around, um, you know, each other. Very often I've only washed someone's foot one time. It was on a mission trip and it was incredibly awkward and also transformative for me. Maybe you've done it a couple of times. Maybe you've had someone wash your feet, but it's not something we do very often. But in Jesus's day, it was very common. But here's what wasn't common. It was not common for someone like Jesus or even for the disciples to wash each other's feet. You know, back then, they didn't have closed-toed shoes like we do today. They wore sandals. And they'd walk around the Middle East where it was dusty and muddy and grimy. And I imagine there were calluses on their feet, probably wounds on their feet. Their feet were gross. And so when you would come into a home and you would come and eat, oftentimes you would have someone wash your feet. But it was such a gross, menial task that you either washed your own feet or a servant washed your feet. And if you had a household full of servants, it wasn't the servant at the top or the servant in the middle. It was the lowest of servants that would wash your feet. So you washed your own feet or someone, the least of those of the servants washed your feet. You would not wash one another's feet. And here comes Jesus. John 13, Jesus takes off his outer garment. He wraps his towel around his waist and he gets on his knees and he works his way around the table, washing the filthy feet of his disciples. And Jesus, classic Jesus in John 13, verse 12, he asks a question and he asks a question because he wants it to dive deeper into a point he's trying to make. So verse 12, it says, when Jesus had washed their feet, 12 people, and he put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and he said to them, do you know what I have done for you? 
Now, clearly they know what Jesus just did, that he just washed their feet, but he's asking a deeper question. Do you understand the significance of what I have just done for you? And Jesus runs here into a lesson that I want us to look at really quickly as we're considering serving this morning. Two things I think Jesus wants to illustrate for his disciples and for us so that it shapes who we are. The first one is about Jesus himself, that Jesus is both Lord, he is both king over the universe, he is savior, but he is also a servant. Jesus is both Lord and servant. He goes on, actually asks this question, he says in verse 13, you call me teacher, rabbi, and you call me Lord. And you are speaking rightly since that is what I am. Jesus is saying this because he knows what the disciples are thinking in their minds. They're thinking, Jesus, what you just did, that is not what rabbis do. And that is not what a Lord does. Lord, in the, in the way of thinking about Caesar, one of the Lords at that time, you know, lowercase L, Lord, a ruler, Caesar would never wash someone's foot. You would probably never catch a rabbi or even a ruler in Jerusalem over Israel washing feet. And Jesus says, yeah, you know, that's who I am. I am Lord and I am rabbi. And what I just did for you is I just flipped those categories and those names on their heads. That my kingdom is not like this world. You're right. Caesar wouldn't wash your feet. You don't wash each other's feet. Most of the rulers that you see, they'd never do that. But I'm the Lord, the Lord God. And I am the rabbi, the teacher, and I just washed your feet. You see, in God's kingdom, the Lord and the teacher, Jesus, is the chief servant. Jesus wants us to be fully convinced of that. Right? Remember, this is happening the day before his cross, where the Son of God would actually go up on a cross arms spread, nails in his hands and his feet to give himself as a sacrifice for the life of the world. Like Jesus came to be a servant, not just to demonstrate what service is like, but to actually rescue us, body and soul, to life with him. Jesus was a servant who humbled himself to the point of death to rescue us. And so Jesus, by washing the feet of the disciples for Every age to come, he wants us to be fully convinced in our mind that he is not below service, but he is all about service. He is Lord and servant. So Jesus asks a question, he makes the point, but he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just stop with, hey guys, this is who I am. I just want you to know, and then gets on with the meal. Jesus, no, he pushes even deeper. Point two, Jesus calls us into a radical life of serving one another. And that's part of the question Jesus asks, do you understand what I just did? One, yes, I just flipped Lord on its head. Now you are to think of me, not just as a ruler, but as a ruler who serves. But, but guys, there's something here for you too. I just did something around this table that you will now do for one another. Look at verse 14. He says, so if I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet of one another. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. So Jesus says, what I just did, it's an example of the kind of life I want you to live together. Now, someone could say, okay, well, he's talking about foot washing. He's not talking about serving broadly. It's true. He's talking about foot washing. And if you read the early church, they would wash each other's feet Frequently, there are still groups of Christians throughout the world who wash each other's feet. 
But many people who read John 13, people very much smarter than myself, they argue that yes, it's about foot washing, but Jesus is making a larger point about serving and loving in a self-sacrificial way one another and the world. That Jesus is calling us to a basic calling and life of self-sacrificing love for the sake of the world. In fact, John writes another book uh, called First John, and he, he, he talks more about what this love and service looks like even more broadly than foot washing. It says, this is how we have come to know love. Jesus laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? But if you have God's love, if you've received the love of Jesus, you show that by showing that love to one another. Otherwise, there's nothing to demonstrate that you've been loved by God. Little children, let us not love in word and speech. Don't just talk about love. Don't just talk about service, but in action and truth. This is how we will know that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. Jesus' point is simple. He lives a radical life of self-giving and he calls you and me uh, his imperfect, in-process, often selfish disciples into this radical life in his kingdom where we are not just looking out for ourselves, not just looking out for each other, but we're looking out for the world around us so they can come into contact with the love of God in Christ. I think the cross behind me is right this abiding symbol that Jesus left us in the church of what it means to be his disciple. The cross, which we look at and we say, man, that is the basis of our faith. And it's a place where God himself poured himself out in self-sacrificing love, that there was nothing low that Jesus wouldn't touch. And it's an abiding reminder to you and me that we're called to have a life that's shaped by the cross. That we're willing to put our hands and to put our hearts where Jesus puts his hand and his heart. We're having eyes that look to see the needs around our community and the needs within, and we are moving out, propelled and empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve the needs of people so that they can come into contact with the hands and the feet and the heart of Christ. If we follow Jesus, this is one of the challenging pieces of this text. There is not one person, there is not a single task that should be below us. We can look out at the needs and we can say, ah, man, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that person. Like I'm willing to do this, but that task, I couldn't bring myself to do that. Man, Jesus washed their feet. Jesus climbed on a cross and gave his life. Jesus, the Lord and teacher, humbled himself and did what the most menial servant would do, which shows us that there is nothing and there is no one too low for us that we can't reach in and be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ for them. And when we do this, when we, when we have a bigger vision of what it means to be a disciple and we are serving people in the church and we're serving people out in the world, we have an opportunity to, on the one hand, become more like Jesus. And that's what discipleship's about, right? Jesus actually begins to mold us to, to look and to sound and to become like him. And he extends his mercy and his grace and his kingdom beyond us into the world. Remember, Pastor Jason Green would often say this, and it's stuck in my head, that the gospel has come to you because it's on its way to someone else. 
Man, such a good word. The gospel of Jesus comes to me and it comes to you because God wants to save us and make us uh, in a relationship with him, but it doesn't stop there. It's not like a cul-de-sac where you take a wrong turn and you get stuck. It's a highway. The gospel comes to you and me because God is moving through us into the community and out into the world for the sake of his kingdom. And Jesus says, this is what I want you to be about. Service, love, self-sacrificing love for the sake of the world. I love Jesus' words here in verse 16 or 17, just in case the disciples are like, Jesus, are you sure? He says, truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master. He's saying, hey, disciples, remember, I am your master and you're not greater than me. And a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus is saying, hey, just remember, if you're saying, I don't wanna do that, I can't do that, you're saying no to the things I have said yes to. You're saying, I am greater than my savior, Jesus. Jesus' point is to say, hey, don't do that. Be the hands and feet of Christ. Serve the people like Jesus would. So Jesus is both Lord and servant, but he also calls you and me, uh, trusting in Jesus and powered by the spirit to be on the move in the world, to take the kingdom and to spread it and to expand it by being the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. Bethel Church, that starts here. It starts in West Pasco and Prosser. It starts in this building as we are looking at one another and saying, I'm not above you. I can, I can come alongside you. I can, I can get into the messiness of your life. I can be about loving you and serving you like Christ would. We've got to do that. Many of us are doing that, but it can't stop there. It can't stay inside the walls of this building. It needs to move out because God is moving out of this building into the world around us to reach the people who need him. This is how the good news of Jesus moves. Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer, once said this as he was challenging this idea of works righteousness. He says, God doesn't need your good works. Your neighbors do. And it's true. Like, yeah, God loves to see your good works. It glorifies him but they don't earn anything with God. He doesn't need you to do good works to say, hey, God, look at me. Your neighbor, your neighbor needs your good works. God wants your good works to be sent out to your neighbor because he is headed toward our neighbors. And so Bethel Church this morning, we are, we are taking an entire morning to celebrate this thing called Local Fest because we believe that service is so central to what it means to be a disciple. That we wanna make whole disciples who are following Jesus and looking like Jesus in every way. And this morning is here simply to activate that part of our discipleship. To maybe stir something in our heart, to make us aware of a need in the community that we can be a part of using our gifts and using our time and using our talents to make a difference. And so this morning, whatever campus you're at, Richland here, we've got a number of local partners um, spread out throughout each of our campuses. I wanna encourage you to spend time this morning making your way around and looking at those, engaging some of them. And I'm gonna assume there are a few different kinds of people here. One, maybe you're already super dialed in to some local outreach and you're using your gifts and you're loving self-sacrificially like we just saw with Soul Soup. For you, if you're here this morning, would you, would you consider maybe sharing your story with someone as you're making your way around and sharing how service has both made you more like Jesus, but also has helped you share the good news of Jesus? Would you consider maybe sharing that story? 
If you're here this morning, you're like, man, I, I, I am ready to serve. I haven't been able to do that yet. I wanna plug in. Let me encourage you. There are, there are a lot of options available at the campuses. Choose a few. Check out a few. We'll have a chance to maybe look at those and pray here in a second. But choose a few, ask good questions and start small and let the Lord grow that in your life. You might be here this morning and you're just exploring Christianity. You're trying to figure out what kind of church Bethel Church is. Well, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, although you maybe have already noticed, we are not a perfect church. We're not always perfect at loving our community and demonstrating the love of Jesus. But I would encourage you, if you're here trying to check out our church, meander around the booths. Listen to what they're talking about. Look at the, the work that these ministries are doing. And let me tell you this, that is what we are trying to be. That, that is our hope that we can be a church that loves the needy and the broken, that works for the justice of the oppressed, that loves people who have needs and help us make Bethel Church a place like that in our community. So I wanna pray real quick and then I'm gonna dismiss all the campuses back to your hosts and uh, we're gonna have some fun this morning looking at the local ministries. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are both Lord and servant. You are both king who holds up the entire cosmos with your hand and you are also the one who has humbled yourself and made yourself low for us to save us both body and soul. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you would use this morning to begin stirring in our hearts a desire to take that love and to take that good news to the world around us. Lord, will you help each individual here this morning to maybe find a few options uh, places where they can serve in the community begin to activate that part of their discipleship. So Lord, we offer our lives to you. We offer this morning to you and we pray, would you work in our midst? We pray this in the name of Jesus for his glory and for his sake. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. We'd love to continue to dive into God's word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.